1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: It's the locked on Aggies podcast presented by locked on podcast network talking all things Texas AM. Now here's your host, Cole Thompson. Hey, howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, guys, we're going to be breaking down a sensitive subject, something that maybe a lot of people don't want to talk about, but at the same time, I think needs to be brought up into the conversation because CBS and the several other websites decided to put A&M in this conversation and that's if we talk about position you all the time wide receiver you dbu well who is qbu and according to several polls texas a m makes the list to be part of the gunslinging group that could represent the university of quarterbacks so we'll be talking a little bit about what players they mentioned and also do they fit the criteria Before we go any further, just some housekeeping rules, make sure you're following us on Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content. You can check out all of our great work at LockedOnPodcast.com. And if you like what I'm doing, if you think I'm smart, if you think I know what I'm talking about, if you want to give me some advice of what I should change about the show, all up for listening, uh, it's a really simple follow, at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am a mister. My name is Cole Thompson. That's my name. Don't wear it out. At Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On. The 2020 NFL Draft is here during quarantine, COVID-19 crisis, and we have some updates for you. There's up to at least five potential former Texas A&M Aggies getting drafted this upcoming weekend between picks number one and picks number 255. But before that, there were four who were mentioned. In CBS Sports 250 Prospects article, you're definitely going to want to know about this. So Ryan Wilson, Chris Trepano, and RJ White combined to put together a list of their top 250 players, and with no surprise, Justin Matabike is one of the top graded. Coming in at number 63, uh, of course, everyone remembers Matabike announced his declaration for the draft right before they were in the 2019 Texas Bowl, and I've actually looked a lot into this tape. I've gone back, I've watched it a few times, but I've seen some of his best games. The Georgia game, to me, really stands out for his ability to disrupt that offensive line, a line that only allowed 15 sacks that season. So, when you go back and you look at this, he comes in on their ranking at number 63. Uh, you definitely know that he's probably not going to be a day one starter, but He could be a name to watch for, and uh, with everything that he did this past season, appearing in all 13 games for the Aggies, totaling 10.5 tackles for losses, and leading the team in 5.5 sacks, he also had five quarterback hurries, and he tallied 10 tackles, seven total, and a half a sack against LSU's uh, seven-overtime victory back in 2019 He was also given the 2018 Defensive MVP Award last year. Uh, He earned all-conference honors twice, uh, mainly known for his game against Ole Miss. He also was an honorable mention in his game against Arkansas. According to their rankings, if you come in between somewhere in that 50 to 75 range, you are a top-level player who will see significant reps during your freshman year. And I do believe that Matabike, a larger defensive tackle, teams who are going to be wanting to have someone who is versatile enough to play a 5-tack at a 3-4, strong enough to play interiorly in a 4-3 up the middle, in a one-gap system, Matabike fits the bill. Uh, I'm looking at some of the bigger names you have. Of course, Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, who I think have separated themselves as the top two defensive tackle prospects in the class outside of that you kind of get to decide what you want to do do you like Ross Blackhawk out of TCU or maybe you like Jordan Elliott out of Missouri I personally think Matabike because of his ability to play on either shoulder of the guard this past season makes him a perfect fit for either a 3-4 defense playing that 5-tech defensive end or moving inside to play a 3-4 or a three-eye tech head-on against the offensive guard. Both of those positions make a ton of sense for him, and I do think that he will be the first Aggie to hear his name called. He could go first round, and that's actually a show we're going to do later on this week, so I won't dodge that much more into it. Coming in on their big board as the 164th-ranked player, Courtney Davis grading out with a 72. Uh, He originally announced that he was going to declare for the 2020 NFL Draft just before the start of the new year. It was kind of a down year for Davis overall. He still finished second on the team in receptions, but he only had 54 catches for 616 yards and four touchdowns. Two came in one game, finishing his career with uh, 99 catches for 1,211 yards and 11 touchdowns. Biggest thing about him is that when you look at his measurables, he's ran his 40-time faster than, I think, the 4.54 that he had up in Indianapolis. I think he's more so about a 4.49. He had a vertical jump of 35.5 inches. Uh, You know, this was a guy who came back from a torn ACL. He also had to work with multiple different quarterbacks he definitely broke out in his second season in the first year under Jambo Fisher with 45 catches for 585 yards and seven touchdowns that season. Everyone's going to remember Courtney Davis as the guy who saved A&M to go to overtime in that seven overtime victory game against the Bayou Bengals. Everyone that I've spoken to has said he will be an early day 3 selection. A rough time down in Mobile a lack of a good combine, and no pro day really pushed down his stock a significant level. So it's hard for them to say or justifiably put him in that top 100, maybe even one of those compensation picks during the third round. You're going to have to, unfortunately, just watch him fall. And I think he will go to a good team Because somebody is going to need help at that 4th receiver position. And to start your career, I do think that Davis would thrive as the wide receiver number 4. Coming in at number 193 on their big list is Punter Braden Mann. This is also the highest graded special teams player they have on their list. No surprise here because of what he was able to do, especially during the 2018 season. He finished fourth nationally in punting in 2019, posting his second straight year of an average of over 47 yards per punt a season ago. He shattered the NCAA record book as he set uh, the mark for single-game punt average, 50 yards per punt on the season. He also took home the Ray Guy Award. Uh, And he broke the record uh, against Alabama for the longest punt in a single season game with 60.8 yards on five straight boots. The old record actually came in at 60.4. That was held in 1983 and then matched in 2010. You also got to realize that some teams might view him as a multi-purpose player because he also had 23 kicks uh, down inside the opponent's 20-yard line. And he pinned the ball in the 20-yard line uh, of 18 of his punts and even recorded four tackles and a forced fumble on the covering. Unfortunately for Man, he's not going to get drafted. And if he does get drafted, he's getting drafted in the seventh round. Punters are positions that you address in free agency. They're guys you bring in to fill a roster spot. But a team like the Buffalo Bills or Las Vegas or Miami even who have punting problems, they maybe could say in round seven, okay, I like what we're doing. Why don't we add a punter? And if you take them with your final pick, it's a lot like taking them in free agency. Nobody's really going to notice. I think man definitely deserves to be given a draft grade because of what he was able to do in college. You don't set NCAA records and then go undrafted. Finally, coming in at number 240 in the bottom 10, he is the start of the bottom 10. Kendrick Rogers. Again, this is a guy that everyone seemed to be really, really, really high on after last season, what he was able to do. But a list of injuries, inability to connect with Kellen Mond, uh, lack of touchdowns, all that adds up to a seventh round grade to undrafted kind of style. He has potential. His six foot four frame will really help out. Uh, he caught 57 passes for 147 yards and 11 touchdowns on um, during his final year of high school. He <clears throat> then came back. He finished his final year with only 30 catches for 351 yards. This is a guy who I think that a lot of people are going to say, let's see what he can do. You never really know. I, I see him going to a team like maybe the Texans, who need to have a big-frame wide receiver but don't want to pay that type of money. And having him join like a roster like that would allow him to work with Will Fuller, work with Kenny Stills, uh, I'll even throw uh, Brandon Cooks in there. You add all that, maybe he can find a spot as wide receiver six, make the roster, earn his way up on special teams, something along the lines of that, and then from there, you go ahead and start earning maybe third down reps when you go in a widespread option and maybe you get two touchdowns and that raises your rate or maybe you get 10 touchdowns on a season and then you're looked at as a starter Rodgers I think has some potential because of you look at what he did in 2018 versus what he did in 2019 there's reason to believe in him but it's hard for me to say that he will be anywhere considered outside of the seventh round if not a top priority for uh, undrafted free agent. Again, we like talking about QBU wide receiver. U. I'm gonna get my list real fast of who is what in my personal opinion. But is AM really considered to be the gunslinging group for the University of a position? Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down those names in just a quick moment. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Paul Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, it's NFL Draft Week, and with that in mind, you're going to want to know who your favorite team is picking, and Locked On NFL has you covered. So why don't you go ahead and download the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Show. We have all 32 first-round picks, plus every team who doesn't have a first-round picks, first selection, plus surprise trades, Definitely some risers, even more fallers, and some stinkers that you get to make fun of. So go ahead and listen to Brian Peacock by downloading on Apple iTunes or Spotify the Locked On NFL NFL Mock Draft Show. There's something weird about talking university of a position. Now, of course, there are some teams that you look at who definitely know how to Make an NFL talent explode. For me personally, running back university is the University of Alabama, and I've looked at everything from Trent Richardson being kind of a bust to all the way back to Sean Alexander. And then you include guys recently such as Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs. I look at wide receiver university. Clemson is the first to come to mind when you look at their list from guys, small guys Adam Humphreys to. Big time players for several seasons, Martavis Bryant, to consistent gems in DeAndre Hopkins. They make sense. Then you got to look at, you know, other positions such as DBU. This is a big one. I don't think that you could go wrong with Florida, who has produced a ton of talent at the defensive back position, or LSU with guys like Tyron Matthew and Patrick Pearson in the league. But with the rise of Ohio State, with now Jeffrey Akuda going to make his mark, plus Marshawn Lattimore, Eli Apple, Von Bell, and a ton of others, you definitely can see why the Buckeyes are banging on the door to make it into that top spot. But quarterback university is kind of a weird one, because you look around the league, a lot of quarterbacks just went to different colleges. Anyone from even NC State who has... Technically, I think the most would, too, if you include Russell Wilson during his undergrad years there. Everyone's kind of spread out. I mean, you have a few, you have a USC guy to a Wyoming guy to a Missouri guy to a Clemson. But naturally, people are going to want to know who is the QBU. According to ESPN's list, Texas A&M has made the running for that. And It's not that hard. I personally think right now Oklahoma should be considered the top spot, but let's just look at it Their number one was USC followed by the Sooners. Oregon comes in at three Texas comes in at four Florida State comes in at number five Louisville who has now Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson starting is six Auburn's at seven Florida at eight Texas A&M number nine and Ohio State comes in at ten now Again, when you look at some of the names, if I'm just going off this list alone right now, USC has Sam Darnold. Oklahoma has both Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And technically, if we're being technical, they will have Jalen Hurts if he ever gets a starting job again. Texas doesn't have a starter in the league, but they've had a ton of talent go through. Florida State technically is Jameis Winston. Louisville is right now Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater. Auburn, also, you have to wait to see who the starter is, but Cam Newton would be the guy. AM has one in Ryan Tannehill, and Ohio State has Dwayne Haskins. Uh, in the list that Dave mentioned, they start bringing up some names. Stephen McGee gets the first call, who was drafted in the 2009 NFL draft in the fourth round by the Dallas Cowboys. You know, when you look at his NFL career... He had some type of success overall, I guess you could say. He signed a four-year deal. Uh, He would come in and make his first start in the 2010 preseason finale, leading Dallas to a 27-25 victory over the Miami Dolphins. Uh, He completed 27 of 42 passes for 304 yards and one touchdown. After that, uh, he kind of just stretchingly played along. He recorded 11 of 17 passes for 111 yards and a touchdown touchdown. Um, and a uh, touchdown against uh, the Arizona Cardinals in the season finale. He got his first start during the 2011 season. He won 11 of 27 for 127 yards and a touchdown to Jason Witten. They got a 14 to 13 victory. Uh, McGee replaced Romo and completed 24 of 38 passes for 182 yards, one touchdowns and no interceptions during the 2011 season as well. He was waived in 2012. twelve. Twelve. He then would go sign with the Houston Texans. Didn't really do anything. And then on September 25th of 2013, he played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats as a backup quarterback to Henry Burris. He was declared a free agent at the end of the year, and he hasn't taken a snap since. Next on the list is Gerard Johnson, and, and Johnson was a great player. I mean, Johnson really did well for the school in the 10 years he was there. Uh, four years he was there up until 2010 he kind of was the reason Ryan Tannehill went back and forth between quarterback and wide receiver but once he went to the NFL you got to give the guy credit he never quit he never once quit trying to make his NFL dream a reality he started with the Hartford Colonials then the Philadelphia Eagles the Arizona Rattlers the Pittsburgh Steelers the Sacramento Mountain Lions the Seattle Seahawks The Chicago Bears, the Montreal Alouettes, the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, and the YCF Grit, which was called Your Call Football League. And it was taking place in Jacksonville, Florida. So, um, yeah. Still, main point of this whole conversation is neither one of them quit to make their gym a reality. Ryan Tannehill comes in. He leads the team for two years while also playing wide receiver. He gets drafted with the eighth overall selection by the Miami Dolphins. Johnny Manziel becomes the next big name on the list. Of course, you have two guys in Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray, who both started their careers at A&M, but one finished at Oklahoma, winning the Heisman. The other went to the University of Houston and actually got beat out by Derek King. Decided to go to the NFL Draft. And actually started for a majority of the games this year for the Carolina Panthers. Overall, they've had five quarterbacks since the 2008 era to play. The question is, are they deserving of being quarterback U? We'll be breaking down the reason why and why not in just a quick moment. Allstate wants to remind fans that
1: mayhem is everywhere, especially during March.
0: Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're giving us a follow here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Back to our conversation of QBU. I look at this list, and the biggest thing about being QBU, for me personally, is you have to see the talent flourish at the next level to earn that rep. That, that's just my honest uh, honest opinion. Everybody's different. Everybody can say, okay, well, no, he had the most yards that year. Or uh, every single year you see our offense you know, explode because of our quarterbacks. You see our wide receivers just blow away corners and make it in the end zone every single time. They're unstoppable and they're unguardable. Cool. A lot of that can be designed by scheme, by a defense coordinator or an offense coordinator. A lot of that can just be pure skill set. But the point of being the university is universities are supposed to be kind of the minor league system to get to the professional level. And that's why I think that you haven't seen a minor league football because of, especially in the SEC, just not because of I cover it, but because of you have to look at it logistically, they produce the most NFL talent. And you're going up against those guys on a weekly basis. The best of those guys make it to the NFL. So if you've gone up against the best of those guys and you found success, you're probably going to have at least some success to make your name known in the NFL draft. I look at every single one of these players. Here's a positive. You went from Stephen McGee, who, yeah, he had a very good career for a Three-year star, uh, three-year player. Uh, he only played. He started in in two in two of his three years. He got injured in his last year. He threw for over five thousand yards, twenty-eight touchdowns, thirteen interceptions. Had t- the biggest thing for him though is twelve touchdowns. Isn't a lot. It, it's not. It's actually pretty sad when you look at it. That was your highest number. Then you gotta look at a guy like Gerard Johnson. 21 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns, 67 career touchdowns. In 2008 and 2009, he threw for 2,435 passing yards. 2010, he threw for 3,579. Between those two years, he threw a total of 18 interceptions against 51 touchdowns. That's the number to like. So why was he never on an NFL roster? Then you got Johnny Manziel. Manziel Magic, 2012, 10-2 season, beats number 1 Alabama, 30 rushing touchdowns, 30 passing touchdowns, everything. I mean, his numbers were out of this world. 7,000 career passing yards, over 60 touchdowns in his career. His problem wasn't that he wasn't a good quarterback. His problem was himself. And he may still be in the league in some capacity right now if he was able to keep his mouth shut and stay out of trouble. He got way too big, way too fast. And when the college could have kind of set this to the side and said, if you want to play, you have to drop all this, maybe he would have changed his attitude and he would be in the NFL, but he's not. And he did not get asked to join the XFL. He was not asked to stay to be the starter for the AAF. He was a mix between a starter and backup in both Montreal and Hamilton in the CFL. And he threw seven career touchdowns and seven interceptions. Does that sound like QBU? Ryan Tannehill is the saving grace. And Ryan still has his problems. I love Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill deserves the respect because of what he was able to do, both at the collegiate level and at the NFL level. People always seem to forget that Ryan Tannehill started his career as a wide receiver and then had to move to quarterback. And because of that, he finally got some recognition and eventually became an NFL starting caliber quarterback. When you look at his stats, 13 touchdowns in 2010, 29 touchdowns in 2011, right before he got drafted. You look at his career with the Miami Dolphins since, he's thrown for over 23,000 passing yards, 145 touchdowns, 81 interceptions. Last year was one of his best years he's ever had. 22 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. His interception rate was actually a career low with Tennessee. Maybe it's because he didn't start until week seven. I don't know. But every year, except for his 2012 year, 17 or more touchdowns on the year. Part of those were injuries. He got injured in, he was injured in 2018 for the very end. He got injured when they went to the playoffs. He just never was able to get back. But still, in an injured year, 17 touchdowns. Miami wasn't that that bad without Ryan Tannehill. They certainly were better with Ryan Tannehill. But you're going to tell me when you look at all the quarterbacks in the league right now. Kyler Murray, who's on the rise. Even a guy like Deshaun Watson, you could throw Trevor Lawrence into this conversation. Because he's going to be a starting NFL quarterback in a in a year. Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins, if he turns things around. Okay. That'd be great. Sam Darnold. Just another long list of QBs who have been in the league. Sam Darnold, Matt Leiner, Mark Sanchez, uh, Carson Palmer. It's hard to determine which is NFLU. Because, I mean, at this time, if it's really quarterback university, wouldn't it be Texas Tech? Because of Baker included into that list, and then Patrick Mahomes? Because Mahomes is the number two greatest quarterback? Wouldn't Purdue be in that mix or California be in that mix because of Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff? Or Purdue because of Drew Brees? I just look at this list and I, I get that AM is very low on it, but to call them QBU, when Kellen Mond right now, from people I've spoken to, doesn't have a draft grade, and Ryan Tannehill is your technically greatest quarterback quarterback, to ever play in the modern football era from your university. Is that QBU? I don't think so. And no offense to Aggie fans out there, and I think it's because of, I need to say this, if it was O-line you, I get putting them near the top of that list because of what the success rate you saw. But there's not been that much success at the quarterback position. So I can't sit here and go, you know what? You deserve to be on this list. So if Aggie fans want to get mad at me for that, I completely understand But that's just the way I feel. They're definitely not QBU, and more importantly, they're not QBU 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or 10. Sorry. That's gonna do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And while you're at it, we have Chad Forb from ESPN his big board show has made its appearance, and you're definitely going to want to listen to that. So go ahead and tune in every single day for more updates on the next great NBA players. Tomorrow, we'll be looking at Justin Matabike. Several scouts I've spoken to have said he could find his way into the first round. So which five destinations make the most sense for Matabike to make his money? We'll be talking about that tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. And remember, can't get me on. This has been... Locked on Aggies. Presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.